0: Hey, Bitch Talkers, we have an interview that uh, me and Char went to back in December with some filmmakers and a subject of a documentary that we had on this time last year uh, in 2021 at South by Southwest. Uh, It's a documentary called Who We Are, a Chronicle of Racism in America, and it's finally coming out in the Bay Area and beyond So um, we had the chance to actually sit down in person, which was crazy um, to meet these people in person with the directors, Sarah and Emily Kunstler and the subject writer and uh, former ACLU lawyer, Jeffrey Robinson, uh, to talk about this film again, uh, because a lot's changed in America since we chatted with them just a year ago and really how relevant this film is um, now. We thought it was relevant last year it's even more relevant now. So listen to our interview and please go find Who We Are a Chronicle of Racism in America at your local theater. Welcome to Bitch Talk booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Shar. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear,
1: rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps.
0: very excited to have uh, three people sitting in front of me. Um, Their names are Jeffrey Robinson, Sarah and Emily Kunstler, and they have uh, put together a beautiful documentary called Who We Are, A Chronicle of Racism in America. And I want to preface this as, first of all, my co-host Angela Tabor is in here. Super sad. She loved this movie as much as I did. We have talked about this movie since we saw it at South by Southwest. Um, it comes up in our conversations a lot, off mic and on the mic. And so um, when the email came and they said, you're coming into town, she's like, you, ha- you have to do it no matter what. <laughs> so, so happy you are here Thank and wonderful you. to see you again. Um, I think we'll start this interview off with either Sarah and or Emily talking about who we are
1: what this film is the backbone of this film is a, a talk that that Jeff gives on 400 years of the history of anti-black racism in America Jeff has been giving this talk for over eight years now. Um, and we recorded his talk with seven cameras in New York at uh, Town Hall Theater back in on Juneteenth, 2018. Um, and then we traveled around the country with Jeff as he continued to give the talk, um, interviewing people wherever we went that brought stories that were born out of his presentation, personal narratives that could help bring the story alive.
0: And I, I listened to our previous interview, and I realized there's a question we didn't ask Jeffrey about his presentation. Just in general, it's three hours long. I mean, um, how long did this take shape? And then, um, what was the time frame to present it to the public initially?
2: I probably started working on this. I started doing the reading in 2011. And I think the end of 2012 is the first time I actually gave some predecessor of what I did in town hall on Juneteenth. Um, it took me months to put together, uh, the first presentation. And it's taken me eight years to put together, uh, you know, where it is now because it has, uh, changed. Uh, virtually every time I've given it I really don't think I've ever given the exact same presentation twice and mm-hmm. that's because if I give it today and then I give it five days from now something will happen in the next four days that you have to take into account or I'll read something about the history that I wasn't aware of and then you try and take that into account so it's a constantly evolving presentation and uh I I didn't start out to make a three-hour presentation or a two-hour presentation. It was just, how do you get from 1619 to mm-hmm. the present? And when I did that, it took about three hours, and it's right about three hours no matter where I give it.
0: And um, we know now that the Who We Are project is an org. It's, it's a nonprofit. It's your new job. <laughs> when we talked to you, you were just retiring from the ACLU. <laughs> <laughs> and picking up a new job. Um, and a lot has changed since we chatted uh, back at South by or virtually back at South by. And I was thinking about the big lie of CRT being taught in public schools um, that's now exhausted during the new, the more recent election season. Is that affecting this project and this conversation? And how is it affecting it?
2: For me, uh, the forces behind the anti-CRT legislation are uh, right-wing think tanks Mm -hmm. who came up with this theory. CRT is a law school curriculum. What that means is, if you're not in law school, you won't get taught it. So, parents of fourth graders screaming about CRT, I want to say, why are you protesting against something your children aren't going to be taught? So. I try and start these conversations by just saying to someone, can we agree that we should tell our children the truth about our history? And as soon as somebody says yes to that, we're off to the races because I know what's out there in the truth about our history. And so I see uh <clears throat> the CRT movement, the anti-CRT movement as a place that the Who We Are project can really come in and make a powerful difference. And so, there will perhaps be lawsuits, but what I'm much more interested in is finding the worst piece of legislation in the country, whatever state that's in, finding the biggest city in that state. And then going to every group that deals with kids in that entire city and county, the YMCA, the YWCA, the Boys and Girls Club, the student organizations, and say, come on down to the auditorium on Saturday. We're going to spend the whole day. We're going to feed you breakfast and lunch. We're going to show you a two-hour film. We're then going to show you original source documents that will tell you exactly what the truth about our history is. Sarah says this all the time. School's not the only place where you can learn. Mm-hmm. And so I see this as an invitation and, and, and a way to say to kids, so go home and ask your parents or ask your teachers, why shouldn't I learn the truth? What about this? is so bad that I shouldn't learn it. And so, that's a way that I think uh, the anti-CRT stuff can be directly engaged and they will lose every direct engagement because that whole movement is built on a lie. So as soon as you get to the truth, it's game, set, match.
1: I mean, the the, the greater the the opposition to, to learning the true history of this country, um, becomes the more important and relevant our film becomes. So, you know, it's, now is, is its moment. I mean, you know, we, we were always rushing to get it done because we thought we were missing this moment. We really wanted the film to be out there and to be useful. Um, but, uh, the more the opposition grows, the more we realize how important it is and how, how necessary it is right now, especially with these laws being passed. I mean, the film itself could be outlawed um, to be used educationally in, in certain states in this country. And that's a scary, scary thought, but it also makes us realize how important it is that it be out there in the world right now and, and how this history packaged in, in, in a two-hour format, how useful it can be educationally at this particular moment.
3: This is Sarah. I, I see this issue as what we want you know, is is about fear about what we want our children to learn um, and the context in we, which we want them to understand this history. I am um, a, a white mother of white children, and um, I am not afraid of teaching my children this history. There, I, I've heard uh, parents. Express their worry. I've heard white parents express their worry that this is going to make my children feel bad about themselves. And, and that's why we shouldn't teach it because it's not their fault. They didn't do this. Why should my children be made to feel bad about themselves? And, and the answer is no, it's not your children's fault. They didn't create this. They're not the reason um they didn't um, uh, create they didn't uh, they didn't enslave people they're not responsible for 400 years of white supremacy and institutionalized racism but there's a value in children learning that this is institutionalized and systemic racism that racism is not um about a moral failing of a group of people it's not about individual prejudice. It is it is a uh, a system that's been in place since uh, twenty and odd enslaved Black people came to this country came to this came to or this continent, you know, four hundred years ago. And and learning that it is it is systematized um, is important because if children don't learn that racism is systemic then they're not responsible if they don't see themselves as participating in racism. If they don't see
0: themselves as racist, then they don't see themselves as responsible for participating in ending it. Watching this film and then having this conversation with y'all is always very heavy, but in like the best way possible. I hope you know that. Um, Yeah, but um, with 2021 playing out the way it has (laughs) and continuing to see how white supremacy has its hold on American society, How are you all hoping the opening of this film impacts the country's um, forced narrative?
2: I hope there's a whole lot of discussion. And I know the film is going to make some people angry. And uh, uh, I I hope it has people talking about these issues. Because if people start talking about it, uh, the more that happens, the more people are going to be confronted with What do I do with these facts? What do I do with? And, you know, I hope people are like, Oh, I don't believe that. So I'm going to go check it because they're going to find what quite frankly, what they're going to find is stuff that is more extreme than in this film. And so, uh, I hope that's, it's, it's one of the, one of the beauties of technology today is that you can reach an incredible number of people, uh, in a very short period of time. And, uh, that's why, you know, my hope is that as many eyes in America get on this film and then let's start talking about it. Cause once again, if the conversation starts, it's game, set, match. Because the facts are what they are. You can't go back and change what the history is. And even if you wanna try it, it's been written down too many times and it's in too many places. You just can't get rid of
0: it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wondered while I was watching the film again yesterday, have you all kept in touch or circled back with some of the subjects since this film has been kind of making the rounds of the film festival and what are their reactions? Good, bad? <laughs>
2: I think the people that have seen the film really like it. Uh, some of them have appeared on uh, Q&As with us, okay. uh, uh, either at a film festival or in other places. So, yeah.
1: With a lot of the people that participate in the film, you know, we have, we share similar goals with them. They're doing a lot of, they're doing work to to educate, Uh, like our friends, our friends in Tulsa that we've, that we've connected with. I mean, they're, they're trying to, to, to correct the narrative there. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of crossover in the work that we're all doing. How's Opie? (laughs)
2: Opie is doing fine we were just talking about that uh earlier that uh that's been interesting to me how many people have commented on that segment uh of the movie which is uh me sitting down with uh, a childhood friend that i met when i was six years old we were both six years old and his older brother who was 10 years older than us and uh uh we were just saying that I want to make sure that they will see the film in advance of it being released. And I want to send them some of the comments that people have made. Um, because I, uh, that was a very emotional thing for me. And it's one of the reasons I am now so happy that we went to Memphis and did this filming because I kind of got both of them back a little bit and uh, I am continually amazed that at 21 years old in Mississippi at a time where you could get disappeared literally for saying anything about race that this 21 year old kid had the guts to handle that situation the way he did and then you know 50 years later he broke into tears about
3: it mm-hmm. that that scene this is sarah that scene yeah. <laughs> In the film is really important to all of us because it shows that the, the harm of, of racism in this country, uh, of these unhealed wounds, is a harm that affects white people too, right? That there's a cost in not dealing with this. Uh, And and that cost is an open wound that permeates all aspects of our society and all people in our society. And until we take the time to reckon with that history and deal with it collectively, that pain is is going to
0: persist. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to ask two more questions. And and one of them is, um, are there any inspiring or hopeful stories to share as this film has made its way around the festival circuit this year? Do you each have... Any stories to share?
1: I mean, when I think the things that have been most powerful is when people have brought their children to see the film, right? There's been people that have brought their children and in, that that have realized that this is significant and important and wanted to share it um, with their children um, and make sure that their children get that education that they're not getting in school, mm-hmm. um, and and that's been very powerful. I mean, we haven't, to be honest, we haven't had that many opportunities um, because of coronavirus to see the film. Um, with people, you know, and we all recognize that this is this film is best when seen in, you know in in a it, within a community and a common experience of viewing the film together because it does um, the conversations that come out of this i mean it's important to have conversations after you see this film um, to share this film with others um, to use this film as a tool to 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 spur conversation um, so we' we're, we're just start we're just started on that journey of being able to share this film mm-hmm. with people but we're we're looking forward to to more of those stories.
3: I mean, sitting in a dark theater with audiences um, has been an amazing experience for us. I didn't realize until seeing it with an audience what it would feel like to see Jeff on stage talking to an audience from a theater and there's something about being in that dark theater, in that collective space with other theater goers while Jeff is in the onstage portions of the film that make it feel intimate. It feels like he's speaking to you, the audience. And it, so it's been, you know, even though it's, it's a journey that we're just beginning, it's, it's, been very meaningful for all of us to get to bear witness to that
2: people react to different things and afterwards questions or reactions that you get it's been very special and
0: um as we end this uh, interview jeffrey can you talk about the who we are project just to give a teaser to the audience so they they know what to google and where to google and where to find you
2: well you can go to the who we are i left the aclu at the end of march Not because I didn't like my job, because I loved it. I was in charge of the ACLU's racial justice and criminal legal system reform work. But I left that job because I think that this education is perhaps the most important thing, the most important foundation in us moving forward. It's the, uh, the I guess an example I've used from time to time is this is the difference between Passing a law that says police can't choke anyone and thinking you've solved the George Floyd problem versus understanding that the Obama administration spent more than $10 million on de escalation and other kinds of training in the Minneapolis Police Department before George Floyd was killed. And so it's the difference between coming up with a solution that is grounded in a myth. The only problem is police shouldn't choke people. So let's just pass a law and we fixed it versus there is a problem with the institution of policing and we need radical change in that institution. So the Who We Are project is going to lay the foundation for and it's not just us but with other organizations in the next five years. We are going to make a huge impact on correcting the narrative about our history in schools, in community groups, and in government and corporate offices. And if you go to the Who We Are Project website, the thewhoweareproject.org, you'll see some of our plans.
1: When we spoke to you back at South By, we didn't have distribution. Um, and since then, the film has been picked up by Sony Pictures Classics. And we're going to be released theatrically in, in LA, and in New York, and then across the country in the weeks that follow.
0: Very excited.
2: Yeah, it is.
0: Well, thank you. It's been such an honor to, to actually see you in person and have you back on the show. Um, we've been speaking with Jeffrey Robinson uh, and Sarah and Emily counselor from the film Who We Are, a Chronicle of Racism in America, and very excited to share this film with the masses uh, coming up the new year.